What's up, sports fans? You're listening to In The Field Podcast, your source for all things sports. I'm your host, Derek Woods, and I'm here today for a special podcast. A podcast dedicated to my childhood idol, Kobe Bean Bryant. This piece took me over a little over three days to complete, partly because all the research I put into this tribute, it uh, kind of brought back memories of being a Laker fan and most importantly, a Kobe Bryant fan during my childhood. It's so hard to look at all the old highlights, pictures, or anything that brings up all the great memories and times that I would never forget. Kobe gave me my best memories as a sports fan, and it's so hard for me to even do this podcast, honestly. It's so hard to grasp the fact that someone I've seen in the limelight my whole life is no longer here. As tough as this will be for me to talk about, I do believe it is necessary. Putting in late night hours and dedicating all the time I've put into writing this piece is probably the only way I can truly pay homage to my all-time favorite athlete. As you all may know, Kobe was among nine people, including his 13-year-old daughter, Gianna, who died when a helicopter they were taking to a basketball tournament never made it to its destination, crashing into a hillside in Calabasas, California. Before I get into anything else, I want to send my deepest condolences to all the families involved in this horrific tragedy. It is still so hard to comprehend that something this sad, this unexpected, Capping to anyone. And all the families involved will be in my prayers as they do their best to try to pick up the pieces going forward. I can only imagine the pain that these families feel and will continue to feel even as time goes on. This is something that doesn't quickly go away. And um, all I can do is pray that God can give these families strength during uh, such trying times. And I will be praying for all of the families involved. We all have loved ones, friends, family, etc. That we don't go to see or talk to enough. Um, I was watching uh, a Kobe tribute special on TNT last night. uh, And Shaq was talking about um, how he hasn't seen Kobe in a while. How he wish he he had seen him. um, Wish he had talked to him a little more. Um. Because, you know, you never know. Um, And that's just something I wanted to touch on here. Uh, As this tragedy has reminded us, um, another day is never promised. Even for someone as legendary um, and and as great as uh, Kobe. If someone like Kobe can go at the drop of a dime, it should make us all realize just how fragile and unpredictable uh, this life truly is. Um, We all say... At times, I can just call them tomorrow or I'll see them soon. Um, But like I said, you just never know. Uh, So take that time out. uh, Reach out. Go see your family. Go see your friends. Um, That's the biggest thing I wanted to uh, hit on. So uh, just the night before the fatal crash um, on Saturday, January 25th, the Lakers were in Philadelphia uh, playing the 76ers. Coincidentally enough, uh, it happened to be the night LeBron James uh, passed Kobe Bryant for third on on the NBA's all-time scoring list. As a diehard Kobe fan, 
Um, I even could say I grew some sort of a dislike for LeBron because of how much of a Kobe fan I was. Um, I didn't even watch the game against uh, Philly that night. Um, I know that's a little weird for me, uh, being a diehard Laker fan. Uh, I watch most games, especially uh, the nationally televised games, obviously. Um, I try to watch all of those, but this one was a little different for me. Um, the reason being is um, I knew with LeBron passing Kobe, uh, there would be a lot of LeBron supporters, uh, even NBA fans in general, disrespecting Kobe's name, I felt like, and all the accomplishments he had achieved. Uh, anytime one great passes another great, that's those are the type of things you see. Um, and for me, that's why I didn't really want to watch the game. Um, and I didn't watch the game uh, for that reason. Um, I ended up seeing on social media that LeBron passed him. I saw the play. Uh, he drove down the lane, made a layup to pass Kobe uh, for third place um, on the all-time scoring list. Uh, but, yeah, I didn't want to actually watch that myself. Uh, I'm such a diehard fan that stuff like that uh, is important to me. Uh, I know it's important to Kobe. He may never say that, and I know he would always show respect because he's a respectful uh, person, respectful guy. But uh, I know as competitive as he is, uh, he would never want any of his records to be broken, and that's kind of how I felt about it. And it's just uh, it was hard to see, so I didn't want to watch it. So I didn't watch the game. Um, and it didn't take long before I started seeing, you know, some of those posts on social media flying in. Uh, some of them would say, uh, some uh, a couple I've seen said, uh, LeBron now leads Kobe in every statistical category, blah, blah, blah. Um, that's just a lot of stuff I was reading and seeing on there. Um, so I would quickly comment on all those posts. Uh, anybody that knows me knows how I am on social media. Um, I'm very opinion opinionated when it comes to sports, uh, but my, opinionated is, my opinions are always based with uh, some sort of facts and always have facts to argue um, the points that I do have. Uh, so that's what I did uh, on there. I got on some posts. Uh, I said, you're a lot of you are all uh, missing one of the most important stats. And to me, the most important stats, which is championships. Uh, LeBron can lead Kobe. He could, you know, he could have been ahead of Kobe in every stat, but um, he wasn't ahead of him in championships. And, Winning is the most important thing in sports for me. So uh, it was just wild. Just the night before all this uh, tragedy happens, I'm over here arguing arguing for uh, the sake of Kobe's legacy. Just something that I would always do. I don't know. It's just, I guess, us as fans, we get real, um, we get real territorial over our favorite players, you know. We get real offensive, uh, just stuff like that, and, that's just how I was about Kobe, man. So it's just crazy that the night before that happens, um, the tragedy happens that um, I'm over here arguing for, you know, Kobe's legacy. And the next day it's this, you know. So it's crazy uh, how sudden things can change, uh, to say the least. Um, that's And that's the one thing uh, that people always fail to realize, um, for Kobe, that was the reason he played the game. I feel like he he was always chasing the ghost of M, MJ, um, obviously. And uh, the only way 
for him to catch that ghost was by winning. Um, one of the main things I learned from Kobe that I took into my uh, my own sports life in general is uh, that there is no substitution for winning. No stats, no moral victories. Uh, nothing can compare to winning. Winning is why we play sports. And if you aren't trying to win at all costs, why are you even out there? Um, I think that is the Mamba mentality in which people speak, which Kobe personified with his hard work and dedication towards the game. Um, I wanted to point out a quote uh, from the great Allen Iverson, um, and it perfectly describes uh, this Mamba mentality, one that fueled Kobe to be great each and every day. Um, I'm sure a lot of you have already seen um, seen the post that Allen Iverson posted on Instagram. Uh, this is an excerpt from that post. Um, I just want to point it out. Yeah, so this is uh, Allen Iverson on Kobe. It's one memory of him that I can't stop thinking about. It was our rookie season and my first trip to L.A. for a game against the Lakers. He came to my hotel, picked me up, and took me to a restaurant. When we returned, before he left, he asked me, what are you going to do tonight? My reply was, I'm going to the club. What are you going to do? He said, I'm going to the gym. That is who he always was, a true student of the game of basketball and also the game of life. He prepared relentlessly. There is something we can all learn from the Mamba mentality, from the way my brother lived his life. He will always have my respect as a competitor, as a friend, as a brother. Again, that was Allen Iverson with Kobe. It is almost movie-like the way this whole situation played out. Um, it was Sunday afternoon, and I had just recently gotten home from a weekend trip to Columbus. Uh, went up to Columbus to visit my dad for the weekend uh, and family. Um, and I had drove back from Columbus, and I had just gotten home. And uh, I get a call from my dad. And the first thing um, he said was, uh, did you see the reports? Uh, Kobe died. And I'm just I'm just sitting there thinking this is a joke. I'm like, you're lying, Kobe. Like, and I said it again, like, you're lying. And really, um, we didn't have too many more words, much more words. I, I instantly, um, I don't know if he hung up on me or what, but the call ended. I instantly went to social media, looked at my phone, um, and I saw reports from um, several different uh, media outlets. Um, and a lot of them were saying just what my dad had said on the phone, that Kobe had died. Um, I mean, the good news was it wasn't, when I first started to look, it wasn't on any credible um, site um, or one that I deemed to be credible, uh, a news outlet. But then as I kept kept scrolling, uh, I finally started to see it from the credible news sources. And um, that's when I pretty much broke down. Uh, I put my face in my hands and I just couldn't believe it. Um, my childhood idol and a person I've supported and cheered on back to my first days of watching sports in general um, was gone forever. Just like that. The only thing you can think of at that point is why, how. All I could keep saying to myself was, really, like Kobe? Out of all people, Kobe. And 
I just can't believe it. Kobe was my favorite player in any sport. Uh, everybody knows football is my, my favorite sport, but, but Kobe was always my favorite athlete, and it's never really been uh, close when it comes to that. Um, Kobe is really the main reason I love basketball so much as well. So um, as much as people like to say sports are just a game, um, sports help fans in ways you can never imagine. A lot of times, these sporting events are getaways from the real world, uh, from the real world, rather. You may have had the worst day in the world. Um, I just, I can't count how many times I may have had a bad day uh, at school, whatever I was doing, bad day at practice. Uh, but that night, Kobe and the Lakers ended my night off right. Um, that's just the type of getaway that sports can give you. Um, so, when they say it's just, a game, um, I can only partially agree with that. I stay up late at night, um, elementary, uh, late elementary, early middle school days, uh, just to catch Kobe and the Lakers on TV. Um, you know, as we all know, the games, the Lakers games don't usually start till 1030 because um, they play on the West Coast, they're on uh, Pacific time, so... Um, my bedtime when I was a kid, I had to be in bed. Uh, I had to be in bed with the TV off, you know, lights out. By I want to say nine, it was nine thirty around here, um, PM. So Lakers games didn't come on until ten thirty. So <laughs> the whole process of me even getting to watch uh, Kobe and the Lakers it was a pretty daunting one uh, to say the least. Um, there were so many times my mom would uh, come in and catch me watching the game, um, only to yell at me and turn it off. Man, there was even times she might slap me upside the head just because I pushed it so many times, you know. <laughs> so, but it was always worth it to get to watch uh, the Lakers, and it was just a risk I was going to take uh, 10 times out of 10. So, the times that I would get caught. <laughs> I just sit there and I'd wait about ten minutes, and uh, as soon as I didn't hear a peep out of my mom, I knew she wasn't close. I just turned the game right back on. I'd have the game on mute, um, you know, and I'd enjoy the game that way, even with no sound. At least I got to watch the Lakers, you know. And it always, it always was worth it to me, even if I got hit or yelled at. It always was worth it. Um, I became addicted to the Lakers at a young age, and uh, all the winning that they did when I was young, it certainly didn't help. Um, kind of made me spoiled to a certain extent. You know, I just, when it came to NBA basketball, I was just used to my team winning. Um, Kobe gave me some of, Kobe and the Lakers gave me some of my, you know, my first winning moments as a fan. Um, to watch your team from the regular season to playoffs to a championship as a fan, um, it's why we even follow teams. It's why we even follow sports. Um, it's the greatest feeling in the world. And as a fan, no athlete gave me better sports moments than Kobe. Um, throughout Kobe's career, I always felt like I was on the ride with him. Just as bad as he wanted to pass MJ, uh, it kind of became my obsession as well. I'd always think the Lakers just, they have to find a way to get Kobe's six rings. I, I mean, I was young, and I just 
I would always think that, I mean, he has to get six at least, at least six, hopefully seven, you know. <laughs> so that's just how I, I that's, that's how I thought uh, growing up. It was like I was on the ride along with him. Um, it didn't end up that way. He didn't end up getting six, but uh, it was a good run, man, for the Lakers and uh, for us fans as well, for Laker Nation. Me and my dad, uh, we often talk, uh, who is the greatest Laker of all time? And uh, a lot of times uh, the, the answer depends on who you ask. My grandfather, um, Carlton Woods Sr., uh, he, was the, he was the original Laker OG. <laughs> Kareem, uh, Kareem would always be his choice for Graker, uh, greatest Laker to ever do it. Um, that was his greatest. That was his favorite player of uh, all time, rather. So, obviously, he's going to have him as his uh, greatest Laker. Um, my dad, Carlton Jr., though, he always said that Magic was the greatest Laker ever. Um, the tiebreaker for him being that um, Kobe made it to um, seven finals and Magic made it to nine NBA finals. So that was, uh, and they both won five championships. So that was a tiebreaker for my dad. Uh, Magic made it to more fi- finals. Um, you know, for me, my generation, you know who I'm going with. Um, Kobe is my generation's Jordan. Uh, he's my he's my greatest of all time. That's just my, you know, I may be a little biased, of course, but Kobe's my all-time, my all-time favorite player. So, obviously, he's my all-time favorite Laker. So, and I always tell my dad, uh, Magic even says it itself that Kobe is the greatest Laker to ever do it. So that's my tiebreaker right there. <laughs> um, there was a time I began to resent Kobe. Uh, it was a time when, you know, the Lakers uh, came off of four straight finals. They lost the fourth one to Detroit uh, pretty handily. And uh, after that season, Shaq, uh, want to say he was traded to Miami. Yeah, so. I kind of resented Kobe for pretty much running off Shaq, um, ending a dynasty and uh, one of the best runs in ever in professional sports. Uh, I couldn't understand why Kobe would be so selfish to give that up. Uh, but little did I know as a young sports fan, uh, Kobe had plans of something greater, um, creating his own legacy, leaving his own mark um, without being a Shaq shadow. In the end, Kobe was always chasing MJ, and uh, the only way he could accomplish uh, his dream of being the greatest of all time was if he didn't have Shaq in his way. I didn't get it then as a kid, Kobe, but uh, as a man, one that strives to be the best in everything I do as well, I get it now. I definitely get it, Kobe. Kobe was a huge supporter of women's basketball. As he was pushing the game forward um, for women's for the women's game as well, um, a big part of that was his daughter uh, Gianna, who had dreams of playing for UConn and also uh, in the WNBA one day herself. Kobe coached his daughters. Um, he coached his daughter's AAU team, uh, named the Mambas, after you know Kobe's nickname. And uh, he started coaching Gianna and the rest of the team um, around uh, age 12. I think at age 12, yep. Um, And he committed to coaching the girls all the way up until it was time for them to go to college. Um, And he called this coaching method uh, for the girls a six-year process. 
Um, I want to point out a quote uh, from Slam Magazine. This was a Slam Magazine interview uh, back in March of two, 2019. Um, Kobe says uh, there is still a lot of a lot for them to learn as both individuals and a team. The girls are making incredible progress. Just wait until you see us in six years. Um, I just think it's uh, really incredible that um, someone of Kobe's stature would dedicate six years uh, to these girls. I know his um, daughter's on the team, but he doesn't have to coach, you know. He could just let someone. I'm sure he could pay to get the best coach in the world, you know get whatever coach he wanted, the best coach for his daughter, but uh, he's deciding to do that, take the time out and do that himself. Um, and there's a lot that goes into that. It's a lot of time spent. So um, I just think that's something really uh, interesting to point out and something great to point out about Kobe, just uh, as far as him um, after retirement, um, something that he was really into, and that was uh, coaching. Uh, Kobe was asked how often uh, – do the girls um, and the team get to practice? Um, and Kobe was uh, pretty much offended by this question. Um, he answered, uh, what do you mean? What do you mean, man? Um, we practice every damn night, every night, man. That was Kobe's answer to how often the girls practice. So <laughs> um, to say Kobe was pushing the girls uh, to be great would be an understatement. Uh, but that shouldn't be a surprise to any of us. Um, that's, that's who Kobe is. Um, for example, um, here's a quote from a parent on Kobe as a coach, um, one of the parents um, of a kid on the team. The one thing that Kobe always talks about is you get better by practice, working out, and putting the time in. But our girls play basketball or workout seven days a week. In the summertime, it's double sessions. And at first, you're kind of like, that's a little crazy. And he's like, well, yeah, but you want to be number one. This statement describes Kobe in a nutshell, a tireless and relentless worker who believed that anything could be achieved with hard work. He had a goal for every girl he coached and, um, and an even bigger goal of pushing the women's game forward, just as he did for the men's game for so many years. Um, Kobe's the ultimate ambassador for the for basketball in general, um, not just the NBA, not just the WNBA, basketball in general. Kobe was basketball, and uh, the game of basketball will forever miss his presence. Um, I would sit all the time, and I would watch an um, ESPN show. Uh, it's called Detail, um, and it was a show. There's one on the NBA, and there's one on the NFL as well at uh, the NBA one was Kobe, and the NFL one was Peyton Manning. And um, they basically break down film and, you know, as a coach would do, break down um, current NFL or NBA players. And, and Kobe, Kobe's um, detail would just give you such a, glinch, uh, a glimpse into such an intelli intelligent basketball mind. And um, that's just why I was so infatuated with watching those Kobe details. Um, Every time I would watch them, I would I would learn so much about the game. Uh, I even made a Facebook post about this. This was probably a couple years back. Um, I said, if you want to learn more about the game of basketball, um, get on YouTube and watch those uh, Kobe details, man, because you would definitely learn something. Uh, no doubt about it. And, uh, 
every time I learned of a new Kobe interview, um, even if it was just listening to him talk, um, I couldn't wait li- to listen to it um, because almost every time I would learn something, if not about, if not about basketball, um, certainly about life. Kobe was not just a teacher of basketball, but um, all of the values that he preached um, is, is things that are things that you can take into real life. Um, it's just a, it's just um, kind of a shame that uh, young players will never get that type of uh, tutelage again, um, and that's just a tough pill to swallow when you think about it. Because um, who knows the game like Kobe did. Um, and who's better to pass along all the things he's learned to the younger generation? Um, that is why this loss is so tough for basketball, uh, for the basketball community, I feel like. Uh, an ambassador like Kobe Bryant is a once-in-a-lifetime. Uh, so that's why I think the loss is so tough um, for the entire NBA and the basketball community in general. Um not having a, a Hall of Fame speech from Kobe, it definitely hurts. Um, it's one of the things that I will miss out on the most, I feel like. Um, Kobe is one of the most intellectual athletes to ever live. And Kobe was made for a speech like this. Man, I will always envision um, this speech in my mind. And although it will never be, um, I can only imagine how great it would have been. I mean, this is a guy uh, who's fluent in... English, Italian, and Spanish. And was even said to know uh, parts of many other languages as well. So uh, no telling what the different ways he could have went with this retirement speech, you know. <laughs> um, it wasn't meant to be, however, but I am interested to see how uh, he will be honored at his Hall of, Fame, Hall of Fame ceremony because he definitely deserves a good one, you know, so. That would definitely be interesting, though. With all that being said, um, I just wanted to give some of my personal testimony on why I truly loved Kobe, um, why he was important to me, um, why he was one of my idols. Um, So with all that being said, um, I now want to get into my list of 24 great Kobe Bryant moments. Um, These moments are, you know... um, they're not all in a list of my favorite moments, uh, you know, from top to bottom. There's just a bunch of, you know, I basically listed some of the moments that came to my head first and just went down the list um, until I got 24 of Kobe's greatest moments. Um, some moments that I will never forget. A lot of moments that represent uh, moments of my childhood. Um, so I'll start off with number one. Uh, number one is uh, beating the Celtics in game seven uh, to win his fifth NBA championship um, um, and also his second finals MVP. I'll never forget um, him standing on the scores table after that game. Uh, I remember for that game, I went and got the B-dubs, um, Buffalo Wild Wings, and uh, I took it home. I didn't stay. Uh, I don't like to watch games out at places. I like to watch it at home, you know, where there's no distractions. Or I definitely don't like people rooting against my team, for one. So, yeah, I took my B-dubs home, watched the game on my mom's big screen. Big screen. Um, I was home from college after just com- uh, completing my freshman year at Bluffton University. Um, 
this moment was one uh this was one of the best moments of uh Kobe's career and one that I enjoyed the most. Uh, that's why I remember where I was, what I was doing so vividly because uh, just was a it was a great moment as a Kobe fan for sure. Um, the best part of it all was Kobe passing Shaq and rings um, after all the smack Shaq had talked um, talking about Kobe can't do without me this and that this and that <laughs> um, Kobe passing him in rings that that definitely felt amazing so any uh, any huge Kobe fan uh, knows how that game felt so um, that was a huge win um, number two for me uh, Kobe's lob to Shaq in Game 7 of the 2000 Western Conference Finals. Um, this is probably my greatest um, my greatest memory as a Lakers fan. I, I was pretty young for this one, but I remember it pretty vividly. Um, and it's just a moment that I just was so, so great to me. Uh, and it just pretty much uh, personified the whole Shaq and Kobe era for me. Um, the Lakers almost blew that, uh, series. Um, it was the 2000 Western conference finals. Like I said, the Lakers were up three to one in that series. Um, they blew the next two games and then, um, so they go to a game seven in the game seven, the Lakers, uh, go down 15 points to the Blazers at one point in the game. Um, that's when the Lakers rallied off, uh, they rallied. And put together a tremendous fourth quarter. Um, they outscored the Blazers thirty-one to thirteen in that fourth quarter, and uh, and one of the most pivotal plays of the game. Uh, there was only forty seconds left. I know, I'm sure you've all seen this play. Kobe crosses up uh, uh, old Scottie Pippen <laughs> at the top of the key, drove down the lane. Uh, the help defender comes up, um, which was Grant. I can't remember his first game, name right now, but Grant with the dreads. Uh, he comes up off of Shaq <laughs> as the help defender. Kobe throws the lob for a monstrous uh, a monstrous dunk that uh, sent the Staples crowd into a frenzy. Um, it's a play that I will never forget. And um, that play was um, the true start of the first uh, Lakers dynasty. And uh, basically carved a... Uh, Kobe's name out as a true winner, you know, he finally got his first championship that uh that season. So that was that was a big one, man. Um number three is uh losing to the Celtics in game six of the two thousand two thousand eight NBA finals. Um I always remember the look that Kobe had uh, walking off the floor with that green confetti falling as uh the Celtics won that championship. Um you can see the anger and disappointment all over his face. And uh, you also can see that from that point forward, you, you just knew that Kobe wouldn't be denied. Uh, I knew that the Lakers would be back to the finals, and I knew that they would get it done. If, um, if not that season, if the, not that next season, they would get it done soon. Uh, you just knew that Kobe wouldn't be denied. And, you know, the Lakers ended up following up that finals performance with back-to-back championships. So I think that uh, 2008 finals loss was big, a big moment in uh, Kobe's career, even if it was a loss. Um, Number four is uh, the 81-point game. uh, January 22nd, 2006, um, 
we all remember uh, Kobe when Kobe let loose on the Raptors. Um, Kobe dropped 55 points in the second half alone in that game. Um, and as we all know, it was the most points scored in a game since uh, Will Chamberlain's 100. And, um, his performance basically speaks, speaks for itself, uh, so we'll just leave it at that. Number four, Kobe was um, 81-point game. Um, number five, uh, the 62-point game in only three quarters against the Dallas Mavericks. Um, shout out to my boy Jermaine on this one, a big Mavericks fan. I had to throw this one in just for you. Uh, 62 points, three quarters on the Mavs. Um, and this was just uh, this was just a couple months before the Kobe 81-point um, outburst, actually. A couple months before. And uh, Kobe lit up the Mavs. Uh, he scored. He scored a 60-second point uh, by hitting the three with 4.4 seconds left in the third quarter. Um, at that point, Kobe's 62 points were more than the Mavs' entire team. Um, and Mavs only scored 61 points through uh, three quarters in that game. Kobe had 62. Um, with the game <laughs> no longer in, in question, Kobe sat out the entire fourth quarter. Um, we very easily could have seen multiple 80-point games in that one season had Kobe kept going that night. So, yeah, that's number five. Number six, um, Kobe's streak of uh, 50-point games. Um, March two, uh, March of 2007, um, the Lakers were coming off a seven-game a seven losing streak. Um, good time for a guy that Kobe uh, – for Kobe – a good time for a guy like Kobe to go off, right? Uh, coming off a seven-game losing streak, uh, you need something, anything. Uh, so, yeah, Kobe goes on a tear, man, with uh, four straight 50-point games. Um, two of those games were 60-point games. One of them uh, was a 65-point game. So, um, and the Lakers went on to win all four of those games. Kobe went on a scoring stretch, um, you know, for the – 0506 and then the 0607 season that just was miraculous and uh that's that streak of 50 point games was just definitely a crazy one uh it's something that hadn't been done uh, I think it's only been done by Wilt Chamberlain yeah Wilt Chamberlain is the only other player to score uh, four straight 50 point games so that was a big moment for Kobe uh number 7 the 3P um the Lakers three-peated in 2002, sweeping the Nets in the finals. Um, we all remember that, Jason Kidd's Nets. Um, this Lakers three-peat was the first since Michael Jordan's Bulls um, in the late 90s. And it was the last one since. Actually, it's the last one in any major sport. We don't see three-peats very often. Uh, don't know, you know, there aren't too many franchises that have three-peated, and that goes for almost any sport. Um, a three P is one of the hardest accomplishments, you know, in sports in general, and uh, it's one of Kobe's greatest accomplishments. So uh, that's number seven. Um, number eight, uh, Matt Barnes pump faking the ball. Uh, we all seen that play um, when Matt Barnes played for the Magic. Uh, he pump fakes the ball just inches from Kobe's face, um, literally, if not a inch, half of an inch from Kobe's face. Uh, and Kobe did not move a muscle. Uh, this one speaks for itself as well. We all know Kobe doesn't flinch. That's number eight. Uh, number nine, 
the Lakers 15 and one postseason run um, in 2001. Um, after sweeping the entire Western Conference, the Lakers were um, the Lakers were beat only once um, in the 01 Finals, and that was due to a master a masterful 48 um, point performance um, by none other than uh, Allen Iverson. Um, we all remember that. Allen Iverson got it done for the Sixers and uh, almost single-handedly uh, made sure the Lakers didn't finish the postseason undefeated. Uh, that was one of the greatest postseason runs of my lifetime. Uh, and honestly, like I said, um, I'm probably a little biased on this, but uh, I put that Lakers team against anybody, including uh, the only team that bested uh, the Lakers' 15-1 postseason mark was the 2017 Warriors uh, with the 16-1 uh, postseason mark. So um, that's my number nine moment, uh, the 15 and 1 postseason, 2001. Um, number 10, uh, the Kobe and LeBron puppet commercials. Um, the Kobe and LeBron debate, <laughs> I spoke on this a little beforehand. Uh, it, was a, it was a heated one. Um, and my favorite all time. <laughs> Kobe commercial is the night commercial uh, with Kobe and LeBron. And Kobe keeps asking LeBron, uh, LeBron, have you seen my championship rings? LeBron, have you seen my three championship rings? I know. I think we all remember that one. <laughs> I love that commercial, man. And uh, it just it sparked a debate, man, uh, who was better. And uh, I just think something to point out about that debate is that LeBron was so young and uh I just think as fans, and I realize this now, um, as fans, we need to appreciate the greats more um, instead of pinning them against each other. Uh, we should appreciate the fact that LeBron was, con you know, some even think LeBron was the best player in the league um, when Kobe was still at the top of his game. So for LeBron to be at that level at such a good, uh, a young age, I just think as fans, we should appreciate that more. Um so I definitely wanted to point that out. Um, I know this tragedy just, uh, I've seen it. Uh, I know I'm getting away from my list a little bit. I just wanted to speak on this, though. Um, this tragedy has, it's even brought LeBron and Kobe fans together. I never thought I would see something like that, but it has. Um, you know, Kobe was so big for L.A. And LeBron is, he's a Laker now. And uh, he may not have been accepted before and, but if he's not accepted now, I mean, when are you going to accept him? I mean, he's a, he's the one that has to carry the torch for Kobe going forward. And uh, I just think that this has brought, you know, both of those fan bases together. Um, I just think uh, as fans, I hope this makes us appreciate our greats more uh, instead of pinning, pinning them against each other. Let's just appreciate greatness, you know. Because um, players like LeBron and Kobe, you know, they're once in a lifetime. You definitely, definitely got to appreciate them while we have them. Um, so that's one thing I want, wanted to say uh, as I'm getting away from my list. Uh, the Lakers winning a championship, uh, it will be huge. It will be huge. So uh, LeBron, even us Kobe supporters, we're behind you. We're with you. Um, and we hope you get us, uh, we hope you, you know, can get it done. If not, I know you will try your best, and I I just know uh, the best basketball is ahead for LeBron. 
So, yeah, um, that was my number 10, Kobe and LeBron puppet commercial. Um, number 11 um, was the All-Star Day. All, uh, it was an All-Star moment, uh, a duel between uh, Kobe and LeBron as well. Um, this one was just, uh, it was my favorite just because I'm a competitor. Um, when it comes to sports, somebody, you know, you could be better than me. You could, you know, you could be the best ball, basketball player in the world. But in my mind, I'm not going to give you that satisfaction. You know, I'm going to compete. I'm going to. I'm going to give you everything I got. And I think that's how Kobe was. And, you know, I think we have that same mentality. And, you know, in a way, it's just like somebody thinks they're better than me. They're going to have to prove it to me, you know, go out there and prove it. That's how Kobe was. That's why I love this uh, this Kobe moment. Um, like I said, all-star game duel with LeBron, uh, 2013. And, uh as we all know, Kobe always brought it in the All-Star games. Uh, he's just a player that uh, when the stars were out, uh, you know, Kobe wanted to prove he was the best of the best. So, <laughs> All-Star games were his thing, you know. He wanted to go out there and prove, you know, who he was. And that was one of the best, if not the best. Um, so this game, uh, 2013 All-Star matchup with LeBron, was one of my favorite moments Uh um, I was watching the clip, going back over the clip, uh, and Reggie Miller, we all remember the the Kobe block on LeBron uh, in that All-Star game. I mean, if you follow All-Star games, you probably remember that play. Kobe gets a block on uh, LeBron down the stretch. It was all over social media and stuff like that. It was a big play. So uh, we all remember that play. But just uh, I just watched the run back, and uh, Reggie Miller, um, he says uh, – this is personal against LeBron. And he just repeated himself. He's like, this is personal. He's like, you know, even Reggie couldn't believe it. He's like, Kobe is serious right now. <laughs> like, like he's not playing with this man, LeBron. Like he's he's going for the he's going for the kill. And that's just one thing I loved about Kobe the most. And uh I just loved that moment right there, just the competitive nature. Um you know, that's just that's just Kobe, man. And uh <laughs> Reggie went on to uh he went on to repeat Kobe's words uh, on the air. Uh, Kobe had shouted over to the uh, scores table at uh, Steve Kerr. Um, and Reggie Miller repeated what he said. He said, he can't score on me. And uh, Kobe was referring to LeBron. And <laughs> that's just the type of competitor he was. So, uh, yeah, that was my number 11 moment. Uh, number 12, um, the gold medal. And the 2008 Olympics, um, Kobe closed out. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with this. If all of you are familiar with this game, but uh, um, it was the gold medal game. Kobe uh, against Spain. Kobe closed out uh, Spain um, in a tight game. It came down to the fourth quarter. Um, it was actually, I want to say Spain got within four or six points uh, down the stretch. Um, Kobe made a number of key shots. Um, during that fourth quarter, um, and one was a huge four-point play with uh, three minutes left in the game. Uh, that's just a, a moment I will always remember. Uh, he puts his finger over his lip, uh, his index finger, you know, the shush shine, shushes the crowd, and, uh, you know, gives uh, the U.S. a somewhat comfortable lead with uh, three minutes to play in that game. Uh, and that game helped uh, bring gold back to the United States, Um 
after they had finished with the bronze in 2004. So that that was a big moment. Uh, we all remember the 2008 Redeem team. So, uh, yeah, that's my number 12. Uh, number 13, uh, the 2000 playoffs. Um, the 2000 playoffs were pretty much, uh, I spoke on uh, spoke on this partially earlier. Um, the, it's pretty much a coming out party for Kobe. Um, and it was when he became a star in his own right. Uh, we all know about Shaq. We all know how dominant he was. Uh, but this was 2000 playoffs was uh, when Kobe uh, finally broke out of Shaq's shadow. Uh, talked about the huge Game 7 uh, performance in the Western Conference Finals. Um, Kobe finished with 25 points, 11 rebounds, 7 assists, and 4 blocks in that game. Um, and a true all-around performance. Uh, then, well, uh, as we as we went forward in that in those 2000 playoffs, uh, the game four game four of the NBA Finals, also a huge moment for the Lakers. Uh, Lakers had a two one lead um, in the series. Uh, the game goes to overtime and Shaq fouls out. Uh-uh. Kobe puts the team on his back uh, and hits some key shots down the stretch. Um, and basically put to rest any um, hopes of the Pacers coming back and winning that series. Uh, Kobe was only 21 years old in that series um, during that postseason. So uh, the Lakers ended up finishing off the Pacers in six games, and uh, Kobe won his first championship. So 2000 playoffs was definitely a key moment uh, for Kobe, a great moment for him, a coming out party of such. So that's my number 13. Number 14 uh, is when Kobe scored 61 points at the Garden. Um, at the time, um, that stood alone for uh, most points by opposing player at uh, MSG. Uh, during that game, even <laughs> Kobe, Kobe lit it up so much that during that game, uh, Kobe put up the 61, obviously, and then uh, – there was a timeout call, so they got to sub Kobe out, you know. And this usually only happens at home games. Um, they sub Kobe out, and he gets a standing ovation. <laughs> and this is at Madison Square Garden, uh, you know. So uh, how many players do you see get a, a standing ovation as you check out of a road game? Um, and that's what happened for Kobe that night. So <laughs> as you can see, even opposing teams, they had to respect uh, the greatness of Kobe Bryant. So. 61 at the Garden, that's my number 14. Uh, number 15 was uh, Kobe's game winner in the 2006 playoffs to go up 3-1 against the Suns. Uh, I'm sure we all remember this one. Uh, one of my favorite uh, moments as a Laker fan. Uh, I don't care about the numbers. Um, there's no player I'd rather have with the ball in his hands, you know, with the clock running down than Kobe. Just the confidence, the bravado, the swag that he has. The game on the line. Uh, who would you rather? Who would you rather have with the ball, man? Uh, and in this moment, he proved why. Um, the Lakers went on to lose that series, as we, as most of us remember. Um, but the fact that Kobe even had that roster up three to one over the number one seed Suns, uh, that that was a feat in itself, and that just was something I will always remember. So uh, that's my number fifteen. Uh, number 16 uh, was Kobe having number 8 and number 24 retired. Um, and that was an accomplishment that pretty much speaks for itself. Um, 
he was so great wearing both of those numbers that they had to retire both. Can't say that about anybody else. So, yeah, that's just a tremendous accomplishment, and that's my number 16. Uh, Number 17 uh, was Kobe's um, 2005-2006 season. Um, He averaged 35 points a game that season. Uh, That was one of the greatest scoring seasons I've ever seen as a fan uh, since I've been watching the NBA. And that was uh, Kobe's highest uh, point-per-game total for a season as a pro, so Definitely was a miraculous season scoring-wise. I mean, he had to do it uh, with guys like Smush Parker, Kwame Brown out there. So I know he didn't win a lot of playoff uh, games, guys, that year. But uh, still, the numbers he was dropping points-wise, definitely a tremendous accomplishment. Uh, So that's my number 17. Number 18, um, his first title without Shaq in 2009, along with his first finals MVP. Uh, Kobe averaged 32 points a game in those finals um, against the Magic and Dwight Howard. And uh, the the significance of this championship for Kobe uh, pretty much speaks for itself. Uh, He proved he could win as a primary star. And, you know, that was that was huge for him and his legacy. So, you know, that pretty much. uh, You know, Kobe, that that was just a championship that Kobe had to have and he got it. So. Um, that 2009 championship uh, definitely was a big one, so that's my number 18. Uh, number 19 is uh, when he won his first and uh, only regular season MVP in 2008. Uh, Kobe had an argument for many more regular season MVPs and uh, probably was snubbed a few times along the way. But, uh, yeah, that 2008 MVP was a pretty uh, big one. Uh, the Lakers went on. To go to the finals that year, they lost to the Celtics, but that that was a big season for Kobe and uh, deservingly finally got a regular season MVP. Probably should have had more. So, yeah, that's my number um, 19. Um, Number 20, um, Kobe willing. um, Number 20 is uh, willing the 2013 Lakers to the playoffs uh, before tearing his Achilles, as we all know. And uh, proceeding to hit both free throws um, after tearing, uh, rupturing his Achilles and um, walking off the court under his own power with the ruptured Achilles. Uh, the strength Kobe showed during this moment is, is something I would never forget. Um, torn Achilles, man. Yeah, so that's my number 20. Um, number 21, um, the air ball game. Um, I, this one, this one hurts, but uh, it was a big moment for Kobe. Um, Kobe was, uh, he was only a rookie. It was uh, the 97 playoffs against Utah, uh, Western Conference uh, semifinal. And, uh, you know, only Kobe, right? Only Kobe would have the balls. You know, he comes down, uh, the game's tied, um, 89-89. And uh, seven seconds left in the game, and a rookie Kobe Bryant has the ball in his hands to take the last shot. You know, <laughs> uh, sometimes we talk about LeBron nowadays. Even a 35-year-old LeBron doesn't want to take the last shot, but an 18-year-old Kobe willing wants, willingly wants to take the last shot. Uh, Kobe airballed that shot, <laughs> and uh, the game went in overtime. Um, 
And you would think that would kill a young player's confidence, right? But uh, not Kobe. Um, what did he go on to do? Um, well, he went on to to shoot three more air balls in overtime. <laughs> you know, it was a it was a key moment for Kobe's career because you know that a moment like that could break uh, a young player, but it didn't break Kobe. Uh, it made him. You know, you know one you you knew. Even that, even though Kobe was young then, once he got that moment later, he would end up converting. So that was a big moment for Kobe. Um, and that's my number 21. Uh, number 22 uh, was winning the dunk contest. Um, we all know Michael Jordan won a dunk contest or two, so it was only right that Kobe had to do it. Um, winning the 1997 dunk contest was definitely a great moment. Uh, for young Kobe, so that's my number 22. Uh, number 23 was um, passing the player he modeled his game after, Michael Jordan, um, for third on the NBA's all-time scoring list. Uh, I know we talked about LeBron eventually passed Kobe for third, uh, but this was definitely a big moment for Kobe. Uh, as we all know, he idolized uh, Michael, and uh, for him to pass Michael in uh, points, uh, for you to pass somebody that you, you know, you spent your whole career trying to be better than or, you know, it was a big moment for Kobe. So uh, that's my number 23. Um, finally, um, number 24. Um, this is a really great uh, Kobe Bryant moment for me. Um, and it's his first All-Star game. Uh, Kobe made his first All-Star game during uh, 1998. 1997, rather, 98 season. Um, so the 97-98 season. And um, Kobe became uh, the youngest All-Star in league history that year at 19 years old. So um, the, craziest part, the craziest part about it all is that uh, that season for the Lakers, Kobe only started one game. Um, we all know um, they had an All-Star in their own right ahead of Kobe and uh, Eddie Jones. So it's just crazy to me that, uh, yeah, Kobe's first All-Star game, he wasn't even a starter for the Lakers. So talk about holding a player back. <laughs> so um, Kobe went on to score 18 points in that uh, in that game. Um, and he didn't even play the fourth quarter. And uh, Michael Jordan ended up, he ended up winning the MVP of that game. Um, and he was coming off the flu. Um, so, you know, he didn't expect to do well. Uh, there's, a, there's a quote from uh, Jordan after that game. He said, uh, I didn't expect myself to come out here and win, and win the MVP. I just wanted to make sure Kobe didn't dominate me. You know, and that's, that's, a, that's a championship. Michael Jordan saying that about a 19-year-old Kobe Bryant. He didn't want Kobe to, to dominate him. And, uh, that's just... That that quote definitely struck me and uh, definitely says a lot about Kobe and about MJ. So that is my number four, man. Um, and that, my friends, um, is my 24 great Kobe Bryant moments. Um, it's great to reminisce on these, man. Uh, there are so many great Kobe moments, uh, but I narrowed it down to these 24. There is so much I could say about Kobe. I could go on reminiscing forever. Um, I spent 20 years as a fan watching Kobe grow into the legend he was. 
Um, but I wanted to close out this podcast by simply saying thank you, Kobe. Um, gave me so many great memories from the time I was a kid. Um, so this tribute was the least I could do for you. Um, thank you, Kobe, um, for teaching us how to be such a great dad. Um, thank you for teaching us so much about the game of basketball. Thank you for showing us that being a girl dad is cool, too. Thank you for making us work harder, think harder, and strive to be great. Thank you for all the memories for which I am truly grateful. You will forever be missed, Kobe. And it's always going to be Mamba for life. I just want to do this uh, one last time, man. While I got you guys here, um, thanks for all the people that tuned in. Um, but if you could give Kobe uh, one last round of applause, man. Uh, we love you, Kobe. And I just want to give you one last round of applause. Yeah, man. So uh, thanks for listening. Uh, follow us on social media, guys. Uh, we've got some good content, com- content coming, as always. Um, follow us on uh, our Facebook page at In The Field Podcast um, on Facebook, facebook.com slash In The Field Podcast. Um, tune in um, tomorrow night uh, for our normal Thursday edition of In The Field Podcast uh, featuring myself and uh, Jonathan Jordan. Uh, yeah, man. So, uh, like I said, thanks for listening. It was tough to do this, but I'm glad I got to do this for uh, my guy, Kobe, man. Uh, Mamba for life. We love you, Kobe. Uh, peace. <laughs>